Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter. You the best thing rocking. Creative galaxies, your resume popping. And everything you do, you do so well. Every knee bow, every tongue tell that. Tell that. Tell that. Every knee bow, every tongue tell that. Yo, long as I'm living, I'ma sell that. Long as we read and we gon' tell that. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Just a Thought with Sheree Nicole. And I got to tell you, I'm really excited about today's show because uh, after weeks of being stood up, um, my good friend, my good friend Juan Winans has finally, finally decided to join me on an episode of Just a Thought. And, and, you know, because I am a Christian, I've forgiven him multiple times because that is what we are called to do. And so in the spirit of forgiveness, I uh, thank him so much for joining me. He's a singer, songwriter, uh, a sack of sarcasm, as I like to call him. And uh, producer, actor. Who cuts into my intro? This is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Doesn't even know how to behave. But here's the deal. He's, he's one of the most talented people I know, and I'm not just saying that. So I'm excited about all that we're going to chat about and everything that he's doing in music and beyond because he's extremely multifaceted. And so I'm hoping that shines through today. You like that word, don't you, Juan? He's, he's, he's giggling because he likes my words. Uh, but without further ado, the gentleman who's sitting on the Zoom with me with the biggest pinky ring I've ever seen. <laughs> and the biggest smile to match one Winans. Welcome to Just a Thought. How are you? Um, I I'm I'm well. That was quite an introduction. I uh I have concerns about where this interview is gonna go because, because I already I knew coming in that I didn't have a lot of sense, but I didn't really I I should have factored in that now I'm talking to a person who is equally senseless so wow um, um, how dare you discredit me on my platform i want people to take me seriously Juan. what are you doing i will say this you are one of the most thoughtful uh articulate smart uh engaging people that i know in uh in our industry and so I'm delighted to be talking to you. I also know that there's a flip, like there's a flip side to that coin, which is very much so how I am. And I would like to conduct an interview that seems, uh, um, you know, I don't know, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Elegant, um, where we are graceful people. Doing... He says he wants. He says he wants to conduct, but I'm the host. So. That I word mean, choice is like, incorrect. Are you trying to be controlling? Don't you hate I mean, when people jump? Really? Don't you hate is when people really jump cool? and go off the handle at something that's like, <laughs> that was such a reach, <laughs> but I'm going to stay with it. Are you trying to control well, this show on? I, I don't know if anybody's ever told you, you can be in control and not be controlling. That's true. That is true. That is true. I'm just leave that there. Fair enough. 
we have so much to talk about, but you know, <laughs> I, I do, I do want to get your take on like Juan is so much going on just in general in the world mm-hmm. around us politically. Um, everybody just is kind of unraveling, but as you're kind of viewing what's going on, you know, people saying R&B is dead and music, you know, taking all these turns that it's taking and you being immersed in, in that part of this whole narrative. Um, what say you to what you're seeing in general right now in the world around us? And then on the other side of that, how are you just kind of moving through that? Okay, so that's um, that's a great question. It's very, it's a very nuanced, layered question. I would start with, I mean, because regardless of, let, let's go to the to like the Kanye thing for a quick mm-hmm. second, because mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I I think my rule is this, and I know there are going to be a lot of people who strongly disagree with what I'm about to say. But I'm going to say yeah. it anyway because, you know, unless they're going to pay my bills. <laughs> um, what I would say is, I think I just, at this moment, I kind of just want to speak for Black men. So this is not okay. any offense or affront to anybody else, Black women, any anybody. I am never going to be in a public setting um speaking ill of or tearing down in any way another black man. I'm just not going to do it. Um, There are things that can happen in life that rise to the level of either it's criminal or it's so egregious where there are criminal actions or criminal proceedings. You know, if you are a if, if you are molesting children, right, there are always exceptions so when i say my rule is we are we know the like there's an exception to the rule yeah so there are exceptions right but barring those very few exceptions um where you are physically doing harm to a person where you are physically harming children who are defenseless who you know rely on adults to take care of them or if you are domestically abusing a person mm-hmm. okay if you are expressing your political opinion, whatever, I am just not, Juan Winans is not going to be the guy who's up saying like, you know, calling for the cancellation of another black man. I'm just not going to do it mm-hmm. because I know how hard it is to be a black man in this country. And I would qualify that by also adding, I don't actually even know how uh, the, like the depth of that difficulty because the bottom line is I was raised in a very privileged environment. It's just a fact. Fine. Thank God. But that spared me from a lot of what I know happens to young black men, uh, young black boys. Uh, I wasn't privy to that by the grace of God in, in the, the, my circumstances. <clears throat> uh, uh, spiritually, emotionally, socioeconomically, all of those things were in place for me. So I had a really fortunate upbringing, but I know how difficult it can be. And I know as an adult, how difficult it is, regardless of how much money you have, what your success is. So many places you go in this country, you are just a black face. You're just a black man. You're dangerous. So I'm not going to be the person who makes it harder for 
for black men or black people, black women. Mm-hmm. I'm just not going to do it. So I'm, I'm reluctant to talk about Kanye other than to say, I hope that um, that people get the help that they need. And it's to get the help that you need, you have to realize you need help. Mm-hmm. And that's my prayer is that we all recognize, hey, I need help in this area. I'm not seeing this clearly. I don't agree with, obviously, a lot of his takes, a lot of his rants, a lot of his perspective. However, um, I'm not canceling him and I'm not saying, you know, oh, well, we're not doing this because we don't do that to other people. Like, we don't say who is the who is the head of Gucci? What is their personal life like? What are their political beliefs? Okay, well, I'm not buying. We don't do that. We really kind of media and society tells us to do that to one another. So that's my thing about Kanye. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unlike some people, I do. I met Kanye on occasion. I actually think he has genius level. If it's not IQ, it's certainly creative output. And Mm -hmm. and how he sees the world is just not like how most other people see the world. And I think that that comes. I think if you study the geniuses of our time, the Henry Fords, the Steve Jobs, they all have this other part of their personality that is very, very, very similar to Kanye West. And so I think you have to take all of it and try to, be a uh, a positive voice or influence in that um i hope that that's what black people would do is to to, because if we don't help try to bring them back i don't know who will anyway um Mm. you asked me about the music industry yeah like i don't i don't you know who sensibility but man you know here's the deal we talk out of both (laughs) sides of our mouths that's what i think I, I, think I think black I, people say I don't care about you, but also your words are so important. Yes, so we, we do. Gotta... We <laughs> because we are we we are emotionally we are emotionally reactive instead of being proactive via information, galvanizing together mm-hmm. communal and collective response, and educating ourselves on actually what's going on. So there are parts of what Kanye West is trying to say that I think tie mm-hmm. into that, especially from a standpoint of equipping yourself with with information, not just what you're being fed, as you mentioned earlier, but what actually is going on. I do think that he has a mental issue. And unfortunately, one of my biggest issues outside of some of the things that he is saying that I do find to be not only a distraction and a disruption, but destructive. Mm -hmm. My main issue right now is those who are exploiting what I believe is a mental issue that he has. So my thing is, when you talk about help, Juan, I'm with you. And part of that is not exploiting behavior that in many instances is a very, very clear picture of someone who, in addition to the creative genius they have, is also dealing with a mental situ- a mental implosion, in my opinion. So that's my issue. Yeah, it's, clear. it's clear. I'm 100% with you. I think I did a story about this maybe a couple days ago or yesterday, or whatever it was, but it, it's, it's the same thing. It's where you know there are media outlets and individuals and I think I said like public figures who know um, that, that Kanye has far more cultural relevance than they do. Right. And they're whatever it is. And so they use these moments to to and the currency of his celebrity, mm-hmm. his accomplishments, his brilliance, and like and his the implosion that you're talking about 
They use all of that for their own benefit. Correct. Hoping that people will click and drive their numbers, their followers, their clicks, whatever. Because these are things that for people who don't know, like clicks and followers actually equates to money. Yep. Like there are dollars on the table and people understand that. And they're, they are absolutely taking advantage of that. And I, I totally agree. And it's sad to see. It's really sad to see from people in our community. Like you expect the, the larger media corporations to do it because mm-hmm. you know that's how that's how they pay thousands of employees and that's how they stay afloat. Um, but when it's us saying, oh, well, he needs help, it's this dangerous rhetoric, yet we're always, you know, it's that's the thing where and I, and honestly, like I just you know I would hate to see someone like that harm themselves. That's my real concern. Yeah, like, that was my I other think, concern I think too. As people yeah. of God, yeah, I think I think as believers, we are, we have a calling to pray for people and say, hey, listen, man, we all have our shortcomings, but at the end of the day, <clears throat> like I want your soul to be well. Yeah. And I want you, yeah, I want you to be emotionally healthy. And and this man has a family, he's got kids. That's the thing that strikes me. It's like, okay, well, fine. I hope you figure that stuff out but I, one thing i do know is that his kids need him i know that yeah i don't have to yeah. guess about that so you know yeah that's where i land on that the music you said the music business yeah it's um it, it's fun for me to ask you because you've been you were born into this essentially um <laughs> you know let's not let's not sugarcoat it so from your vantage point as somebody from a child who's been you know, engrossed in in this industry in one way or another. What you're seeing, what you're not seeing, you know, what is your take on that? Especially as a Christian, especially as a gospel artist, and not limiting you to that because obviously music, you know, you do music, you're a musician, you're an artist, but I'd be interested to know your opinion, especially with the prestige that's associated you like mm-hmm. I said that with the Winans name, because it is royalty. Y'all, let let's just keep it. Let's just keep it a buck. Like the Winans are the royalty, royal family of gospel. It's only a few of them that exist. Wow, sure. you're in that's, one of. That's them. very, that's very, um, very, very kind. I, I mean, I think so. This is a very broad. There are so many aspects of. Broadly speaking. Um, I think like a lot of industries, you put up with the industry and the business part of it because you love the creative part. Yeah, I love to write songs. I love to sing songs. I love to make music. I don't love anything else more than that. Um, the all of the stuff that comes after, like people ask, "How is it being a recording?" I was like, "I want to get into the music business." And some people don't agree with this, but not all of the fun. But the fun drops off significantly for me after the work is done, after the mm. creative aspect of the work. Because then the work shifts. It's still work, but it shifts into um, things that feel far more political, things that feel far more, uh, you know, just, what's the word? Just not very pleasant for me and my personality type. Like, I... I want people to listen to music just because they like the way it makes them feel. But after you make music, then you got to figure out who's the demographic. Then you got to figure out how to get it to them. You got to figure out yeah. like all of the little the hoops you have to jump through to exploit it or to get people to hear it. 
And then that's where it's like you do it because you love this, but that part of it is not super enjoyable for me. The the business part is just a necessary, I won't say evil, but it's a it's a necessary component. But I just love to make music, man. I you know, I think that's why phase two was amazing. It was great. It was my introduction personally. We love phase directly. two. We love look, <laughs> let me if you all if you all are not familiar with wine is phase two, I, I don't know. I'm disappointed in you. I'm I that's and I love all my listeners. <laughs> I'm just disappointed okay. in you. Don't be, don't be disappointed. Don't be disappointed. It's, it's like another lifetime. I feel like that was my first lifetime in, in music. And by the grace of God, like I've had more than one and I'll have a, a couple few more. We'll see. But that was a great introduction for me. I also started writing for other people and producing for other because it just felt like I could do the music and then not have to worry about a lot of the other stuff that comes mm. after. And that, that was a great that was that, that was a great lane to be in, and now I really feel like God is calling me back to the artistic part of it and actually delivering the material from my voice, right? Um, as as a singer, and I'm happy about that. But it's also taking on some things that aren't necessarily a part of what I've been doing um, for a while. So if I'm writing for Mary Mary or for you know whoever it is, I can just do the song, like oh that's great, and kind of step away from it and let it go. And just like it has this life of its own. But as an artist, you you go with the song and then you are in on all the meetings and well, we want to do this. This is our strategy. This is how we're going to. And TikTok. And I'm like, yo, Jesus. If somebody says TikTok to me again, I'm like, gonna, <laughs> I don't know. Because you're a yeah. purist. But I find it interesting because, Juan, you can yeah. really sing. So you don't. But Thank what you. you're saying is as long as you're able to exercise the other side of your gift, the producing, the writing, you're okay with not singing sometimes. Is am I hearing you correctly? Because because some people yeah, will say like I'm good, you know, but like you you can sing for real. So I would I I know other singers that if they can't sing, they're in a nightmare. This like I need to get on the stage, I need to sing, blah blah. But you have an interesting take. I don't think I've heard before from someone that can actually sing. I have you no, know, I have been in for many years now at this point. I have been okay not not singing the songs that I write or or I'm a part of creatively because it it was um I fell in love with songwriting. When we when we did phase two and it was literally like I don't sing, I'm not interested in music, I'm going to be an anesthesiologist, I'm gonna pursue this thing. Uh overnight almost it was like okay i do want to sing god i feel like you're calling me to this till oh we got a record deal we're working with this person and before i knew it we were in the studio with ronnie jerkins and fred and LaShawn and babyface and all of these amazing like world-class grammys just all over like just falling out the closet it was crazy so that became my education and then that's where i fell in love with songwriting where i was like oh i will never forget um <clears throat> And I've, I've told the story before. There was a moment where I remember being a, a maybe like seven or eight, walking through the house, Detroit, Michigan, uh, and and hearing my dad writing this song. I just, it was distinct. I hear him like going through the melody, going through the words, working it out as the process is. And then several months later, turning on TV, my dad was like, oh, Whitney's going to be on HBO, the South Africa special. And she starts singing the song that I heard my dad writing in our house. Wow. 
and and that feeling was the I'll re, I will never forget like having it just struck such a chord with me. I thought, oh, you can make something in this little space where nobody's looking, right? And then and then like the world could hear it. But you're the first person who ever heard it. It's your thing. And you're kind of like giving this thing to that was just so striking to me. So then when I transitioned into being a songwriter, that's what I fell in love with. And I've always been able to do that by the grace of God. But now I do believe that, you know, God is saying, okay, well, come back into this lane uh, because there's something still here to be done in terms of your inheritance uh, in music. So that's why I'm going back to the singing. But I do love singing. I absolutely love it. And then the more I get back into it, I'm like, dang, yeah, this is great. It's just different. So sticking with the music for a bit, because your family has birthed some of the most memorable, timeless songs from a songwriting standpoint that have Mm. ever been done, period. Um, As you kind of came into a place in your life where you realized this is also part of my gifting, did Mm -hmm. you lean more into your father for any type of guidance in that area or your uncles, you know? in particular or did you just kind of find your way like you had those moments where you could kind of see the process happening take your notes and mental notes and keep it pushing or were you did you become intentional about really getting some guidance in that area of your of your gift uh with the songwriting my dad was a a major influence and like resource because he it wasn't that he was uh overly vocal and, and i wasn't kind of presenting things i i knew enough to I feel like I've always been fairly self-aware. And you I think so? You, really? Really, Juan? I do. I do. I do. From what, like and a I'll toddler? You, or how old do you think that you are? <laughs> Let's break this down. Yeah, I, yeah from, from a very, very young age. A young wow. lad. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I, I do. Because I, I, I do remember when I started to write, thinking, this is not that good. Um, this is not that good, but fine. I'm in the beginning stages and it's, it's a process. And then, so what would happen was like, I started writing thinking it's not that good. Started writing with my older brother, Carvin, who was also in phase two. And then a good friend of mine, and we still write together to this day, Justin Gray, who, who grew up in Detroit with us, went to high school with, and we would all start writing and, and it was like, this is kind of trash, but <laughs> we love it so much and we're young enough to be, you know, we're just going to keep doing it because you just love to do it. So we kept doing it. Kept doing it. But then there was a point where I thought, oh, this is better than what we've been doing. Like you feel mm-hmm. the growth. You can hear it. You sense it. Uh, you start putting, like I love words and you start putting your words together better and it starts making your concepts are are better executed. Um, and then I saw, I remember a point where I, I took a couple of songs to my dad to, your, to answer your question. And he, <laughs> I can see his face so clearly in my mind. And, and back then, like, I can't even say how we would listen to this stuff. This is crazy. Sheesh. Like, I was playing him stuff on CDs. Anyway, <laughs> um, we would listen. We'd go to the library. we listen to it. And he would say, like, that was his, he was like, I'm going to take it out. He was like, okay, keep going. I was just saying, man, keep going, keep going. And I was thinking, yeah, that ain't that. And then I remember one time I, I started writing this song. It was called Somewhere in the Middle, and I still got it. And I wrote this song. 
and I I knew I was like this is good and I took it to him he was like my and his he was like oh and then I saw something happen he got to the chorus and he was like oh he said oh that's the song Mm. He was my gauge, and like he had written tomorrow, and we were crying all these amazing yeah. songs, and I was like, oh, and then I knew I can do this. He gave me the. My dad was always really good at not just in the music, but sports, whatever it was, is is kind of really helping you understand what you were good at without making you feel bad about yourself. Mm. Like he, he never he never undermined our confidence in that pruning season where I was like hey this is not really your thing like my brother both of my brothers my brother six three and my other brother six two I'm not six anything you are not so the, I'm not thank you <laughs> thank you Sheree. thank you thank you you're not like short but you're not tall you're like right at the cusp of of concern and, 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 and you know what the worst <laughs> thing in my life is you know you know the worst like my my vision of hell is like so when you say you're not short, you're not tall, what I hear is you're average height. Well, and I'm like, yeah. and, that, and that really, therein lies the problem. Um, <laughs> so all of that to say, he was really good at, like, he never said, Juan, listen, stop playing basketball and, like, play tennis because you're not tall. And, like, it's not your thing. He was able to guide us and direct us and give us a sense of identity and mold us, which I think fathers are really, that's so much of our responsibility. He did it so well. I don't even know. It just had to be God. I don't think he was like reading annuals or parenting books. I know he wasn't. <laughs> but he did that really, really well. It's where we left. I tell everybody, the greatest thing my dad ever gave me was when I left his house. It wasn't even like, you know. I wish he could have gave us like a, you know, down payment, all of us a down payment on the house. Here's 300 for you, here's whatever. The greatest sense that, uh, that he gave us, the greatest thing and gift was a sense of identity. We mm -hmm. knew who we were. Like I knew who I was and I, I wasn't guessing. I wasn't looking to find it in anybody else, anything else. I knew, okay, I'm a child of God. These are my strengths. These are the things that I'm not great at. Like I, I'm not guessing about it. Um, and that was a real gift. And so when it came to the music thing, he helped me understand where my strengths were as a songwriter and then how to get better. He displayed it early on without maybe even knowing it, but then he spoke into it and said, oh, this is great, work on this. And he identified the gift and he helped really fine tune it. And so with that said, here we are today. So Juan, you got, I mean, you, you've done some incredible, incredible things musically. And you got some things that are happening right now. And so with all of that said, with all the projects you've done in the past, keeping in mind what you've just said about your dad and his impact on how you were able to continue to cultivate your gift. Musically, when we listen to your work, when we listen to the album, when we listen to your single with Layla Hathaway, now, when we listen to mm -hmm. those things, what, what side of of Juan Winans and Juan's gift do you want us to hear see and feel um I want you to with the album and with um not all songs but especially a song like now I I'm hoping that the listener feels hears experiences 
a, a, a fairly complete picture of who I am. You don't have another day, another time, another place. And no longer can we wait. It's gotta be now. Our sons and daughters ripped away. Won't let their lives be in vain. If we ever want to change, it's got to be now. Said it's got to be now. It's got to be now. Where, so I think about the song now that, that has Layla Hathaway, who's like, you know, just like a goddess in my head yeah. voice. <laughs> and it's, it's just ridiculous. And then... Um, the late congressman, great icon, uh, and just a great American, a hero, really, Congressman John Lewis. What I want people to hear is my hope. You, I, I say a line, I wrote a line. It's, it's um, give us faith to see our way. Give us, you know, boldness to like climb this mountain. To to look, all of those things are scriptural references. Mm-hmm. So faith, faith is always paramount in, in my eyes and in my experience and what I'm endeavoring to do. Faith is always at the top. It's always the primary thing. Also, my faith instructs me to understand that like there is a natural world that we live in, that we are uh, supposed to be subject to. So with a song like now, the reason I love it, I'm so passionate about it is because it speaks to both. Yeah. You know, I hear so many people. I wish. Listen, people, whoever's listening. Stop letting people tell you that it doesn't matter who's in, who gets elected. That's yeah. not true. <laughs> it's just not true. It's not. It's a lie. It Honestly, is a it's lie. just. A, it's a. It's a lie. Because the bottom line is, you got to pay your taxes, and human beings write the tax code. Yeah. Human beings that you sit to sit in these seats in these halls of power and write. So and then they write the code and then they hand it out and you pay the tax, right? Because they told yeah. you how you're gonna pay it. So yeah. it all matters. And we don't have to say, well, I, my trust is in God. Yes, we are not talking about that. <laughs> I'm talking about how much what percent are you gonna pay as a small business owner? Are you concerned? Yeah. yeah. You know, how much are you gonna pay to live in this area? <clears throat> are, are you going to be allowed to live in this area? Mm-hmm. Like all of it is legislated. So we need to make a distinction between who we are putting our hope in and our trust in, which is always, in my book, Christ Jesus. And right. also, I live on planet Earth in the United <laughs> States of America. I'm a citizen. And yes. so I have an opinion about how that thing unfolds and works out. Yeah. And I'm invested in that, too. And that in my faith in Christ does not preclude me from having a civic responsibility and duty and engaging in that. I'm not putting my yeah. hope in it. I'm engaging in the process. My soul is well with the Lord. I'm engaging in this process. So people got to stop. Like, we just need to educate each other. And especially in the church, the civil rights movement was born in the pews of the church. So a song like now is speaking to both of those, which I am passionate about both. It's the spiritual God. We need your strength to carry on. Things have happened to us as a people that without faith in God and a rooted, Mm -hmm. like a a foundation in, in his word and in scripture, we would not have been able to overcome. Yeah. Right. That said, we overcame through that faith, which led to action. Faith without works is dead. 
which led yeah. to legislation, which leads to us living the lives we live now. It's a I very think for simple us, process. It, it is very simple, but I think we negate the practicality that exactly. is this walk. We we either get super deep to a point where it actually makes us passive when it comes to engaging, yes. like you talked about. Yes. And yes. it's a danger. And then we sit and we become victims of the circumstances that we did not, that we were not proactive <laughs> or informed about. So we cannot, Absolutely. as a community, place blame on systems that we have not put ourselves in a position to even challenge because we're so in the weeds of what we would call our faith that we negate, as you mentioned, action, process. It all goes hand in hand. Like it, it there's, your faith in God, to your point, that's what you stand on. That's foundational for you. But it's foundational. Yeah. And in, in that, it guides how you move in processes. It, it, it guides how you engage. And if you're not engaging, yes. that's a problem. And your faith is it's not a, an excuse for your laziness or passiveness. So I'm glad you mentioned that because I think sometimes we don't, we just don't think about life that way. And it really is simple but i think we fail to understand the simplicity that god offers us just in general everything we look at is like this big trigonometry equation that we can't solve but he he is so practical he is so real he talks to all of us in a way that we can understand if we put ourselves in a position to hear so I'm glad you yep. said that. Yep. And I want to stay on politics with you because we had a really cool conversation. This was several months ago. And I don't know if you guys know, but Juan is a political, <laughs> junk, political junkie. And the thing that I love about him is that he doesn't just talk the talk. He is willing to walk the walk. Juan, my God, <laughs> what say you do? Is there something that you envisioned for yourself in the political sphere that you would like to share? Oh, wow. Wow. Listen. He is uh, running for president in 2024. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> How old gets to be the rough? It? You're old enough. You're up there. You're old enough. See, now I was talking to Shereen Nicole. Now that's Shereen. That's who that is. That's Shereen. I can talk to her too. That's cool. Um, you are not going to have these people on here thinking I have, that I have a personality disorder. How no, dare you? Disorder, but certainly a difference, a distinction. Wow. Okay. There's a separation. Continue, continue on, Pinky Ring. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> um. So I, I'm not. I, I'm not against. I think we. Need, I'll say this. I think we need more people who who. Um. I, who are really just listening to the the real constituency, the people around them, mm-hmm. who are not just trying to occupy a seat for the sake of that seat or the power that it affords them, the influence that it affords them. Um, a lot of people don't even know that uh, members of Congress, pretty sure this is still the law, You once you are elected to a full term as a senator, um, there are benefits that are afforded to you, like for the rest of your life. 
And so people, all of that to say, it's just a very small example of reasons why people would run for office that don't have a lot to do with the people that they're supposed to be representing. Yeah. There's so much power. I live in Washington, D.C. I've seen it. Um, I'm not knocking it. The influence is important because you need the influence to help, you know, make laws and make decisions and make people's lives better. But too often, I don't think that that is the motivating factor behind why people run for certain offices, why they're elected, and then what they do with their time um, and with that influence. And and all I would say is I think we need people who are more in touch with the community, who have more integrity, who are more interested in actually doing the work and not just having the title. And if at some point, you know, I feel like uh, I could be useful in that that environment in in that particular way, I'm certainly open to it. Um, I'm intrigued by it. I think that it exists for a reason. I think I believe in the power of government to make people's lives better. I've seen it. I think it's mm-hmm. a historical fact. Um, and and if I ever got to a point where I feel like I could do that well then I, I absolutely would not be opposed to to participating in that process and letting people decide if, you know, if they agree with that. I'm, I'm open to it. Um, right now is just such a season of I'm focused on music. I have some goals and some things I think God has called me to do in that, that field and in art and entertainment. And not that I can't, you know, at some point do both and maybe switch off, but that's the beautiful thing about also living in 2022 and beyond is that you don't have to, in times past and generations past, they did one thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, te- technology or the lack thereof didn't allow them to to kind of juggle and, and do multiple things. But I think we're blessed and fortunate that you can have a podcast and you can also be on air and you can also be doing this. Like those are, uh, uh, we're fortunate to live in this era because in times past they didn't have that luxury um, and that benefit. So I'm 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 kind of keen to that. And I would love to. I, I I hate when I hear politicians telling athletes to you know shut up and dribble, like stay in yeah. your lane, because that's that we don't we're not there. Right? We're we're done with that. We have influence. We have platform. We have voices. We're smart. We're well read. Uh, we're intellectual. We're not just guessing about these things. Um, this is the information age. We have the same, maybe not the same exact set of facts, but we can certainly uh, do our due diligence and ascertain the information. Uh, and the understanding that we need to be effective in our communities and, and to be spokespeople. So um, I'm happy about that and I'm optimistic and, and you know, we'll see. Speaking of, we'll see. The, and shut up and if, uh, <laughs> Oh yeah. If I, well, I'd have to have your opponent too. If you ran shut for political office, I'd, I'd have your opponent as well. To. It, it, no, yeah. as a journalist, it's, it's actually a requirement. Don't integrity, you yes. know, I have journalistic Journalist integrity, integrity tells me. Let's talk about that. that What's wrong with let, your friends? Why y'all ain't got no integrity? Let's talk about that. Who, who doesn't you have integrity? Why your journalistic friends don't have integrity? I don't have journalistic friends who don't have integrity. There are journal okay. there are people that are posing as journalists that don't have integrity. I have okay. nothing to do with them. They are not my people. I pray for them, but they are not my people. <laughs> <one>. <laughs> Straight, you got that straight. Okay. People, people don't understand. And and again, you talked about just how we're in a society now where you can really be as versatile essentially as you want to be. With mm-hmm. that same thing in mind, I think that this generation and this society lives under 
the the guys or in in this mirage where they think just because they say they're something that they're something and i think we have to be careful with that so we have a lot of posers out here i don't just say i'm a journalist i am one i have a undergraduate degree and a master's of science degree in journalism so to me mm-hmm. in applied science like that is the same as if you went to law school or if you mm-hmm. went to school to be a doctor or what have you. Absolutely. So there are steps that you have to walk up and or down in order to call yourself a journalist, in my opinion. Does it mean that you're not able to get information and disseminate that information in a way that makes people uh, feel like they're informed and entertained and inspired? That's not what I'm saying. But we need to be mm-hmm. very cautious about just because you're sitting in a particular seat on a particular platform, calling ourselves a journalist. So Agreed. it's funny you it's funny you say that because some people would think that what I'm saying is pretentious or elitist or whatever. No. But no. it's the truth. And I think more people need to stand in the truth of, of of first of all the work that they've done to to achieve and be what they actually are and call a spade a spade. So I, I'm I'm all about people if you feel like you have something something to say, say it. I think that's great. Like mm-hmm. podcasting has really opened the floodgates for a lot of people. But you're not a journalist just because you have a mic in your face. You're not. No, you're you're not. <laughs> and what you what, what we're starting to see is people who are not holding themselves accountable are now being held accountable by the law. And where where that. the law the, the law is saying, you know what, actually. You are guilty of libel. You are guilty of slander. Mm-hmm. There are laws that govern these things. Yes. And you know what? You are, you were operating in a space that you are not really equipped to operate in. You're not educated on how it works. And that's too bad for you. But now you owe this person, you know, $100 million. Absolutely. And so and that's, I, it, that's what's starting to happen. It's crazy. Social one media. Social media got people caught up. Let me tell Instagram you something. It is, it is the biggest put your costume on and prance around <laughs> platform that this world has ever seen okay and yeah. it, it's 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 fascinating to me i had to take media law classes for the very reason that you said and so my thing is if you really want to swim in this particular pool equip yourself mm-hmm. with the information to do so and then we can have a conversation but please don't come up to me saying you're a journalist because you have a platform because i'm i'm not going to laugh in your face because i'm I try to be a nice person but I, I will but check you, but you, you might, very kindly. You might, though. You might. You might. I uh, just, because you might, I, I... You might chuckle. I will chuckle. I am a chuckler. But here's the deal. I want, I feel like blogs, especially when, when blogs really started to, to, to blow up, it really started to cloud and, and, and provide a level of misunderstanding about journalism. Like, that's when it really kind of started. And then mm-hmm. people really, you know, I, I think that critical thinking is a learned behavior. I think some people like yourself at the age of, yes. of infancy are just self-aware. They, yes. they just know yes. how to seek out information. But those yes. of us that were not born with wings in our backs and little angels <laughs> had, to so be, had to be brought up in environments <laughs> where critical thinking was something that was imparted into us that was communicated to us for instance in my family my father always if i came to my dad and said oh what does this mean daddy go look it up i need you to, all my dad would always say you need to know how to think you need to know how to think so for me i don't just take what somebody tells me and believe it i don't just look at a, at a news peg on social media and say oh that's the truth 
But sadly, because our attention spans are that of a net and no one, you know, we don't have a lot of people that are mentoring young people and these conversations aren't happening in these households where, where children are being reared to think critically. Now everybody thinks the blogs are the truth. Now everybody thinks the blogs are journalism. Nobody knows, nobody understands how to double source anything. Nobody questions the only time people yeah. are questioning things is when it goes against what they want to do or what they believe. That's, That's the it. only time the majority of people question things or seek out additional information. It's just to dispute what they what uh, is to dispute against what they that the, what's opposing what they believe. And in it, exactly. but in the rea in reality, we should always. If you tell me, Cherie, whales are they're going to be extinct in 10 years. I'm going to be like, Oh, that's interesting. Let me go look this up. Yeah. <laughs> let me go. Let me go investigate. And I think for black people in particular, we have to be more investigative just in general. And I think that's oh part of the reason why there's such a breach between us making progress in this country on a very holistic level. And yes. it's not that that's 100%. our condition. Yes. There's systems in place that are designed to make sure we don't win. But on the other side of that, we're not meeting that with any level of resistance that would be us being collectively informed. And I think that's a, just a big, big problem. So as a journalist, whatever I can do to contribute to us being informed, that's what I want yeah. to do. Because the, the being informed is the ultimate resistance. It is. I mean, listen, you can find all the other things are important. But having the information, understanding how it works, that's the ultimate form of resistance. That's how you see real change happen. And it's it's so interesting. You know, newspapers don't print retractions just because they feel like admitting they were wrong. Or that they, mm -hmm. they print it because they have to. They can be held accountable yes, if they, they don't. And so that's what, as a community, I hope, I think about, the, we've talked about this before, and I've talked about it with other friends. You know, what is this? What's our news source? Hmm. And like, you know, it can't just be the memes. Like we will believe a meme yep. faster than we will, will believe a black doctor getting on television and telling us what the real deal is. Yes. Like I, I, I spent 12 years just getting educated before they would let me really do anything. Right. In school. Now I'm we will like I don't know about that. That don't sound right. Mm -hmm. But if we see a if we see a meme on IG, we like mm, yep. Mm, I knew it. I knew. <laughs> and you like come on, man. look at That's this, like, look no. at this, and it's like, guys, I just I just want us to do better, and we all can, myself included, wine included. We we're not we're not talking from a pedestal here. This no, is just how 100%. we normally this is how we normally talk. But I just it just has to be more of an applicable practice for us to really seek information out just as a part of our natural movement natural movement no it's it's a challenge to us as well we're it's certainly not on the pedal we're guilty of it i think that's yeah. what, makes, what makes you sensitive to like oh shoot i mean i believe that same thing when i read it so you know what I'm i think tripping. i said that to my sister last night dang exactly exactly and it's and I, and I think that's that's reflected in our work and in our art you know in music i try to reflect that in um, like if I have an idea that I think is cool or sounds cool, if it's not factually accurate, but I'm not gonna put it out there. Yeah, 
I'm not like I love art, and I was in one of my songs in the album. Um, I say, um, I make a, a Da Vinci reference, a Leonardo da, a da Vinci reference, painting the Mona Lisa, and the, and I make a time frame, a reference to like when that happened. And I thought, hold on a second, is that right? Like I know it rhymes, mm. but is that is that actually when it happened? Because if I say, you know. 500 years later, it's still a masterpiece. If it's really 340 years, then I don't want to say 500 because that rhymed with the previous yeah, yeah. line. I, like, because now this is also opportunity for me to educate the listener. I want yeah. them to say, oh, shit, I like this song. It feels good. But also, I just learned something about, you know, art history. Yeah. Or I just learned something about, like, the Civil War in such and such. Like, to me, that's interesting. And I think artists have that unique uh, capacity where you can make somebody dance, feel good, you know, party, whatever it is, uh, and also like teach them something in a moment where they're reciting this fact just because they're saying a lot, and and now they're learning something, and then that's being perpetuated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would like Sorry, to. That was, it was, that was super nerdy, but. Well, you are you yeah. are in fact a nerd, and and I am as well. So you know, we I enjoy this type of banter. And and speaking of nerd, you might as well throw know it all in there. So I'm gonna ask you about a, a, a few a few little things. I don't know if take. I'm ready to accept nerd. Oh, these are but, fun. But let's keep, these, let's keep going. You let's are keep a nerd. It's okay. It's okay. Guy, and when he starts to really get going, guys, he does his because I was telling you he has this big pinky NBA championship ring on his pinky finger. And he just he starts just moving his hand like he's very he's very actively cupping his hands and, and he does all I'm of so that when he has his deep talk ring is crazy did you see the it, is, ring? it is bananas um i was enamored by the the, the turning of it it was it almost gave me like a willy wonka tease it was it's like crazy. i was almost like i think this might be a little over the top just I, just I they were. slightly yeah like a they little know, gaudy a but i i hey they earned it. Super. And speaking of that, I don't know if there's a prophetic anointing on you this this evening, but I was going to ask you, you know, NBA season mm. and uh, your thoughts. Who who are you? Who you're rolling with this season? Who's got the best chance at the trophy? You know, you know, Cherie, I'm gonna I'm gonna disappoint you in this moment because how do you know you're gonna disappoint I, me? Well, because I have not consistently watched basketball. Um, since Kobe retired, this interview is over. <laughs> it was even harsher than I thought it would be. I, <laughs> I feel would be a judgment. I feel I slighted in this but moment. I didn't, I didn't think it would be like. I thought you were a good person. I thought you were a good person. Sadly mistaken. Oh man, Kobe was my guy, man. Eeps. Yeah, Kobe was my guy. And I I lived in LA for a minute, but I started watching Kobe. People are like, Are you from Detroit? You from Yeah, that's fine. Great. I started watching Kobe in uh in ninety-nine, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Been a Laker fan ever since. I loved Kobe. I loved his mindset. I loved his he was just he is one of the most impressive human beings that I've ever like taken time to read about, watch. And, you know, I know people would be like, he is. He, to, to me, he was just an impressive, impressive person. The mental discipline, the fortitude, 
I just had a lot of admiration for how he approached the thing he loved, which I think is a, there's a lesson in there. I don't care yeah. what you love. If you approach it with that sort of passion and dedication, if it's a relationship, whatever it is, I don't, I don't want me to preach. I'm saying right go, now. Go ahead, Pastor some, Juan. If you, if you approach something, anything that you say you love the way Kobe Bryant approached basketball, you will, you will win. And mm-hmm. to me, that's an admirable quality. You will not lose. You can't lose. Um, so, yeah, I have not watched basketball consistently in a long time. That was 2016. So it's been about six years since I've consistently watched. Like, I'll catch a game. It's great. I love – I'm still a Laker fan. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'll just say I hope the Lakers win. Even though, like, I, don't, I just don't like the way the game is playing anymore. I don't like the – I got started getting turned off of the super teams. Even when LA yeah, did it yeah, in 04. Yeah, and, yeah. and they lost they lost to the Pistons in 04 when they had uh Gary Payton and they had Carl mm-hmm. Malone. I was like, this, this is bogus, man. Why not doing this? It felt weird then. I was still rooting for him, but I was like, I don't think we can win because this ain't right. And then we lost. To like our regular team. A bunch yeah. of people who could have literally been like working construction and then come into the the wow. palace of Auburn Hills and, and it's, it's night. crazy they, because you're from and Detroit and literally I'm just from Detroit. literally just threw shade at no, I'm not throwing shade I'm just hometown saying they teams like, no but the thing about the players. beautiful thing about it is that they weren't superstars they That's weren't true. like Hall of Fame here and maybe they did but the, they are in the Hall of Fame a couple of them but that's, they were known to just be super scrappy, hardworking, share the yeah. ball, play the fundamentals, and get the job done. And in L.A., we had, you know, Shaq, Kobe. They was beefing. Then we had Gary Payton on his last leg. Then we had Carl Malone. And it was like we thought we was going to win. And I knew somehow this ain't the squad. Then, no, it's not going to happen. There's no chemistry. Y'all look crazy out there. Yeah, I just know what going to work. So I, I don't like the super team, the super team mentality. The Heat did it. Other teams have done it. It's just not yeah. my thing. I'm not a I'm fan of it either. I'm not a fan of it either. I hope that uh, this season you can come out of your little um, hibernation fast, what whatever the... you want to call it, and then watch some games. If, if Draymond throw a punch in a game like he's in practice, <laughs> I'll watch. Facts. Well, uh... <laughs> This is the it's thing. Right did you did you see his response though? It was very like I'm not gonna take accountability, but I'm just gonna like, no, talk around it. And I was like, dude, yeah. you're just you're weird. Just say you're sorry or don't say anything at all. My thing is if you don't if you're not in, if you're not willing to own your behavior, just just go somewhere and be with the Lord and figure yourself out. Because talking around that. something that we all saw that was completely insane. You're not going to insult my intelligence like that. I just think that's bananas. Help me understand. Did they ever suspend him or what was the consequence? Was, it was just like, it was practice? I, about yeah, it. It was, I, he wasn't suspended from any games. I think they, you know, they benched him from practice for a while from what I recall. But the interesting thing is, like, as a former basketball player, being benched from practice was actually like a luxury because practice was always harder than the say. games. Practice. I was, I was like, like, oh, so- I don't have to go to practice. Oh, great! Like, I'll see you. I'll see you in a few weeks at the games. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't really think that was a punishment, but that's you know, I, I I don't know. And you know, speaking of potential punishments, I, I think this could potentially be a punishment for for us. Uh, 
Joe Biden is, mm. has said that he's going to run in 2024. Um, I'm just concerned. And it's, it's not even like on a democratic Sorry, why you this to me? It's, it's not even on like a Democrat Republican thing. It's just on a like a to keep it real, like a life expectancy competency oh, thing. I just, you know, and I know Ronald Reagan was a million, but I'm when he was president. But I just I I would love to see Joe Biden just like live out the rest of his years and have peace around him. This is not peaceful. And I don't know if he will hold <laughs> up mentally another now we're saying 6 years. I'm I'm just that was a concerning profession to me in all seriousness. I think we need yeah. and this is not this is not me, you know, this isn't like me being discriminatory from an age perspective because I'm not. But wouldn't it be cool if like we had a young president like if he was like 40. So define young. <laughs> like, 40, yeah. and only around your 40, age, but only young. for a president. Because, like, in, in life terms, you're a little up there. But from a presidency standpoint, you're prime real estate. <laughs> so, right around your age. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think that, uh, actually, in terms of like probably the best leadership wouldn't at the presidential level would not come from a from a 40 year old you think so um, how, how I, old do you think the I really like, do. do you think i think i think if you have a president who is in their 50s and perhaps mm. even early 60s mm. i mean like we have to think about think about global, national life expectancy and then based on ethnicity which is also a factor i mean to be honest um, 60 is not old in, in mm-hmm. 2022 and beyond. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not old. So you can be in great mental health, physical mm-hmm. health, yeah, very confident. So I think if you are, listen, 54 to 64, I think would be a great age for a person to be president. You have okay. enough life experience. Hopefully you have that experience translates into empathy. That's the only thing I worry about when you have a younger, there's so much bigger and passion sometimes point, that, out, that outpaces empathy that outpaces mm. uh, your ability to not to relate to but like when you have so much like energy and like you're going 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 you don't leave a lot of space for where a lot of people are because you're so goal is i gotta get yeah. this thing this is the thing i gotta get and a lot of bodies fall by the uh, by the wayside but not, I mean, listen, if they're 40, I think that'd be great. But I think that the, a great age, like a prime age, would be somewhere between 54 and, and 64. I like um, that. I think when you go past 64, it gets a little, I mean, listen, you know. So not so not ages, 80, which is what Joe Biden would be uh, well, in 2024. That's true. I'm almost, I think it would be 81, going on 81. Yeah. But, so you're yeah yeah because he has a doesn't he have a birthday this this year? I think his birthday is in November, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think his birthday is in November as well, November the twentieth. And actually, yeah, he'll be eighty one. He's gonna, he's gonna be yeah yeah because he turns so, eighty. From what I'm seeing, he turns eighty this year. Mm. That yeah, I mean, listen, I think he would even say, "Oh yeah, I'm." Just factually speaking, I will be the oldest elected 
president. Yeah. So that means I'm, you know, that carries with it some significance. What mm. I would say is, um, is that uh, there's also a lot of history there, a lot of uh, wisdom, I think a, a lot of experience, a lot of influence. Um, I do think just nationally speaking, Democrats or Republicans or everything in between, as a country, we need to start developing other leaders and be more open-minded to to the next generation of leaders. Agreed. And cultivating that. I think that, um, I don't know how great of a job. That, so this is, I think that politicians, especially at the national level, could do a better job of, of, of raising up that next crop, Agreed. if you will, of, of political leaders. I think so much you know, you have you can have so much personality, so much charisma that you walk into a room and you just suck all the air out of it, and like nobody can yeah. really come up in that environment. And I think if that's you, you have that sort of uh, magnetic appeal. Then it's the onus is on you to figure out how you're going to figure out who the next generation of leaders are and cultivate that those skills, um, not just for the party, but for really for the, the good of the country. Yeah, for the people. Spoken like a true. Yeah. A true up and coming budding politician. Uh, <laughs> that's beautiful. Listen, one. You, you've been practicing in the mirror. See. You've been practicing in the mirror, haven't you? I don't know. My God, I promise you, I have not. That would now that would be weird. You give me I a practice in the mirror tease. Should I let that go? I, I yeah, you should. I've <laughs> I've not practiced in the mirror. I don't even know what. Um, yeah. I practice my my Grammy acceptance speeches in the mirror. Mm. But not 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 in the mirror really. More like in the shower, like in my mind. Mm. Like this is gonna happen, and I want to make sure I thank the people who have really, you know, helped me. I like that. Yeah. It's gonna. Happen. But not political speeches. It's gonna happen. But um, you know, mirror talks are interesting though, because I know people who do them, and they say that they're really effective. They could be. Issa Issa Rae did them in Insecure. I I love that. Yeah, they were they were funny too. Do you do mirror talk? You don't do you don't do this? Not really mirror talks. I'm with you on the like practice speeches in my head or practice inter like interviewing or being interviewed by someone very prominent. Like what would I say? Yeah, almost like this way of like prophetically preparing yourself for those moments so to speak i mean you have to if the, if that's where you see yourself being then you have to do it like, i'm i've absolutely done that yeah In i practiced for years for this moment with you I, I it's been about 10 years i've been ever since i heard wine and space too ever since i heard uh yeah, yeah. that was just 10 years ago that's yeah. good i like that that's, yeah good. that's actually not true uh let's see how old <laughs> I was. was i 15 Sure, you're 20, going too far. You're, Twenty some odd years like, ago, and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When I when I first heard you all's album, I said, "Let me start practicing right now." For right when now. I'm gonna when I'm gonna talk to talk to Juan Winans and look at us now, twenty some years yeah. later. Wow. God is faithful. He's he's been good to you. He's been good to you <laughs> because you get to talk to me. <laughs> He has I'm been sick. good to you. I'm sick of this. I'm so I'm so sick of this. I am very grateful. I am very grateful. Listen, blessings. And you know, as, 
as I as I wrap this up, you talk about blessings. I I will ask you because you mentioned the Grammys as well. You know, just things that you desire. What what is I have a success? question to ask too? By the way, I have a question to ask too. When you're done, okay, cool. What does success look like to you? What how do you gauge what that is for you? Especially consider all the all considering all that you've accomplished both personally and professionally so far. Uh, completing like I I have things in my in my heart and in my mind that I want to do, and my idea of success at this point has a lot less to do with reception, people's reception or response to something I've done, and and a lot more to do with me just doing it, hmm. just finishing. Like if I want to do a music project that is this, 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 and that, and I want this person involved, and I finish it, then I feel a sense of accomplishment and success. Now, how people respond to that or receive it, that's really up to them. And I think it's a young man's game to try to control that. Hmm. And, or if, if to maybe not even that, it's just kind of a fool's errand. You just can't, you can't control that. What you can control is the discipline that's required to get up and finish and complete something. And, uh, and and to do it well and to execute well, so that like it, you know, there there are there there are pieces of work and art that I've been a part of till like I I still enjoy them. I see it if it's a sketch and I look at it, I'm like, okay, that took me a long time, but I still enjoy it because I just it was for me and I wanted to do it and do it well. There's music that I listen to now that still feels great, and I'm like, okay. It doesn't matter if it's streamed, you know, 50 million. It doesn't matter that my gauge for success now is just um, having a vision, executing it well and finishing it. That's that's where I am. And then in working with the people that I really admire uh, and want to work with and, and have relationships with, that feels like success to me. I like that. So you should feel successful that we talked today. Good job. You know, I do. I do. I do. Because a part of my um, definition of success <laughs> is helping other people be successful and, and blessing other people's lives. <laughs> so, certainly today, Oh, folks, the sack I'm, of sarcasm. Under, Here he goes. Under that umbrella. So, I, I feel uh, extra successful today. And I and I'm looking forward to um to coming back and talking about these songs because you know everybody yes. doesn't have your your level of access so they they have to wait a little bit to get mm. all the music but once the, once they have it then we'll come back and discuss yeah some songs we need we then. need to talk about it I am just I'm excited for you Juan I think you're in this really dope space right now and um thank you just some really great things ahead and I think like you kind of give me this tease of somebody who like lives in a cave. That's like super dope, but he kind of stays in his cave and every so often he'll come out and he'll let people see his really dope personality and then he'll go back in his little cave again and chill out. I feel like you're out of the cave right now in the really good way. And I'm excited for people not only mm -hmm. to experience your music, but just how dope of a person you are because you're very fun. I don't think people really get, people aren't really hip on that like I am. You're a good type person. Mm -hmm. You you are Thank you are extremely you. irritating, like but you are a good time person. Perhaps <laughs> I do like having a good time. I I really do, but I'm also an introvert, and people I tell that yeah, to people you are. Like, oh, no, that's but you I are. am. I I yeah. But you know you got to do what you got to do. And there are moments. 
Like, so. we just had one. That means a and lot. I appreciate, I appreciate that. No, this has been great. This we got to do it again soon. We We're really could talk this. for a long time. We should have a podcast. We talked for longer than this. That would be kind of cool. weird. I I think we should consider that. You guys let us let me know. I, I was it, it's so funny we were talking earlier. I'm like me and Juan could do this on a podcast and it would be super, super fun. For sure. Like if I was driving home from work, I would listen to us. Yeah. I would listen to us while I was washing the dishes. Yeah. Yes. It's, that's a big 100%. a big time. Washing clothes, gotta, yeah. washing dishes. Like any of the things that we have to do that we don't necessarily love to do. There it is. You know. Like I don't like folding clothes. So if I had to fold clothes. I would listen to us to get me through. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I will wash the clothes. Yeah, wash right? them all day. And then they and then I will take them and wear them out of the the dryer. That's a terrible it's a terrible confession. No, it's... I will wear them out of I will wear them out of the dryer, but mostly out of the like the thing, the hamper thing that you put them in and you fold them out of the thing. There's I've nothing worn... wrong with that. Well one. We shall Thank you, see. Cherie, for this we time. Shall see. Thank you. I want to make sure people can connect with you on social media because you do come out of your cave to do your stories and your lives sometimes, which are quite fascinating and fun. So how can they do that? Uh, J-U-A-N-W-I-N-A-N-S Juan Winans. And that is IG, that's Twitter, that's Facebook. It's nice to be a black man named Juan for this purpose because there aren't a lot and there are, I don't think there are any other one Winans is like maybe on planet Earth. There's and no other know, Winans is period on planet Earth. It's just you all's family. That's the only Winans I will ever recognize. No, there ever. Well, there are some. There are some white ones. I don't care about them. Out. What I'm saying is, you all are the only <laughs> Winans that I will recognize. Okay. Well, thank you. And then there, in, in there, there's only one fine Winans, so it's pretty easy to find me. And uh, you know, I think that speaks to the unique nature of my my presence <laughs> why would you just would have to end it i tried to get all the way through it but i I'm couldn't done. Get it. i'm done talking to it him. was so ridiculous i'm done Shree, i love you i love you too Juan. please get off of here this is insane thanks so much for listening this is just a thought hosted and produced by yours truly sheree nicole Just a Thought is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and YouTube. And make sure you subscribe, share, download, and rate this podcast if you love what you've heard. You can follow the Just a Thought podcast on Instagram at Just a Thought Show and on Twitter at Just a Thought Win. That's W-I-N. You can also follow me, Sheree Nicole, on Instagram and Twitter on the same handle, Sheree underscore Nicole. S-H-A-R-I underscore N-Y-C-O-L. Mean Old Lion Media, where black and brown voices truly matter.